Hey everyone, welcome back to the Literacy-Based Speech Therapy Podcast. My name is Ashley. And my name is Kaylin. We are both licensed speech language pathologists. If you have a love of picture books and want fresh ideas for using them in your therapy sessions, then you are in the right place. Today on our favorites episode, we will be sharing some of our top wordless books. One of our favorites that we won't mention today is Dude. We did a deep dive on this awesome book on our sixth episode. It starts around 18 minutes and 41 seconds if you want to fast forward and get straight to Dude. Also, the on the previous episode, we talked about how to use wordless books or visual narratives as they are sometimes referred to. Many of the authors we will mention have written other wordless books. So if something catches your attention or you fall in love with a particular book, definitely search to see if that author has other titles. If you would like to take a few notes about these books, you can print off the download we provide in the show notes. All of the books we're mentioning are readily available from your library. We also provide Amazon links if there are some you want to add to your personal library, or you can even look them up on YouTube Read Aloud. Some of the readers have good visuals of these books. Sometimes they tell their own story, but that's okay. Ashley, why don't you get us started with the first book? So one of our first books that we wanted to share is Chalk by Bill Thompson. The illustrations in this book are so lifelike. His books are like unlike any other books I've seen. So three children are in a park on a rainy day when they discover a bag of sidewalk chalk. One of the girls draws a sun on the pavement and literally right before their eyes, a very bright sun comes out. So the next girl is like, huh, wow. (laughs) And then, you know, so she draws something. Everything they draw comes to life, even a dinosaur. The kids' facial expressions offer like really great opportunities for inferencing You can actually see on their faces as they figure out what is happening and they make that connection to everything that they draw comes to life. So also by this author, definitely check out the books Fossil and The Typewriter by the same author. So how we would use this is is a complete episode. So again, after they discovered that the chalk was kind of magical and the drawings come to life, the second girl and then the boy draw things they wanted to see come to life. I like that there's diversity represented in the characters and they are like real people. So that's really important to find. So we would use this book with really all ages, elementary, upper elementary, middle school, even there's great sequencing for, you know, each child and what they drew. You can really study the facial expression, the differences in what I love is the differences from each child when they look into the bag. The second girl is like excited when she makes that connection of what's going on. And then the next boy, his facial expression is a little bit different. He's like a little more thoughtful. He's like, huh, they drew those. Like, What am I going to draw? So, you know, he has a little more careful like consideration in his facial expression. So you can compare those each of the children. Definitely perspective taking some of the and like the images are you can tell are from the perspective of down inside of the bag of chalk, looking up at their faces, inferencing, you can predict what do you think the next person's going to draw. I love this for abstract critical thinking. The mm-hmm. fact that what you draw comes to life in the story, like what would happen if they drew a ball? What would happen if they drew, you know, a cupcake or a carousel, you know, just any random thing. This would be a great story writing prompt for kids to use their own imagination. 
what would you draw if you came upon this sidewalk chalk that you knew was going to come to life? You know, you're ma- if you have speech sound kids, that initial CH for chalk is really prevalent and it's not often easy. We find a book for that sound. The next book is one of my all-time favorite books, Rosie's Glasses by Dave Wammond. So in this wordless picture book, Rosie wakes up in a very monochromatic world with dark cloud over her head. And as she plods through her miserable gray day, the cloud follows. Mishaps, mayhem come everywhere, every move, everything's irritating her. You know, the morning is awful. School is awful. It's raining outside. But then on her way home from school, Rosie finds a strange pair of glasses. And when she puts them on her world, transforms into a vivid, joyful color and everything is happy. Her whole perspective changes. All of a sudden she can see the beauty and fun and everything around her. The dark cloud has disappeared and there's so many visual differences that you can talk about with your kids. So, you know, are these glasses magical or could it be that changing how we look at the world can change the way we experience it? So we would use this with elementary and upper elementary does have diversity represented in the characters. I am mainly using this book for that illustration study and interpreting figurative language. There is foreshadowing, there is personification, there is imagery, there is symbolism, there is, you know, compare contrast, like inferencing opportunities, similar to how color is used in the the invisible boy with how color changes based on his feelings. Or someone loves you, Mr. Hat, sure. Yes, that book as well, where, you know, color can be used for that in those figurative language type things. So you could do a character analysis on the character Rosie, changing how, you know, we look at the world can change how we experience it. Was it the glasses or was it just really her perspective? So vocabulary, again, we mentioned in the previous episode, vocabulary can be tricky to pull out from wordless books because again, there's not text. It's not like you're just going through flipping the pages, looking for those tier two words. But if you want to write down some of these words for vocabulary for Rosie's glasses, the word dismay melancholy, resilience, perspective, transformation, vibrant. So those are some really great tier two high level words that you could use with this book. I think you could also use this book for constructing like compound and complex sentences because you are able to compare and contrast her experience from before when everything was all doom and gloom. And then after she got the glasses, you can work on predicting because at the end of the story, There is a boy with no color and he finds the glasses after she loses them. So if you have some speech sound kiddos, definitely the main character's name is Rosie. So you can work on those sounds, the initial R and that medial like Z sound. The glasses are prevalent throughout the book. So that initial GL and then medial and final S for glasses. And then water visually is in the, um, she's on a bridge and there's water underneath. So that final ER sound for water. I love this book. We're probably going to do a deep dive in a later episode because again, it's just full. And I think it's definitely a book you want to like own. I would own it. Well, and so just a side note, it reminds me of the Pete the Cat and his magic sunglasses book, except that's one you would use for like early childhood. But this is like a more, I don't know, in-depth version, a more advanced version. So anyway, but the next book is Goodnight Gorilla by Peggy Rathman. 
And this is like a very popular book in my house. And it's also a very popular book in my therapy sessions. We do have a book companion for this book. And it's a classic for a reason. So there are a few words. So we kind of call it a semi, semi wordless book because it says good night, whatever animal, but it is primarily wordless. And so it's, I don't know, it's just an engaging book. The gorilla is funny. There is some funny, there's a few funny pages with just eyeballs and different sized words for good night. So you can just imagine a lion saying a good night versus a mouse saying good night. It's a different font size. So it's just fun and engaging. We definitely would use this for early childhood or even like your early intervention kids. Great for sequencing the animal order of the animals that are let out of their cage. And you can even predict what animal the gorilla might let out next. It is a complete episode. So with this book and a lot of these books, you have to infer what the plan is. And if you read through the whole book, you know that Gorilla's whole plan is he wants to go sleep in the zookeeper's bed. He doesn't want to sleep in his cage. And so that's the whole point. And he just decides to let the other animals join him. So there's the illustration study inferencing the zookeeper doesn't know that the animals are getting out of their cages and following him. And so you're having to really recognize that. And the gorilla has the sh- sound, you know, his finger over his mouth to say, like, don't tell him we're coming. So, again, the picture, there are black pages with eyes. And so that's great for predicting. My students love that part. And then you can use the repetitive text of good night. So that is there. And then it's also great for, you can work on some spatial concepts. They're standing in a line. Sometimes the animals are gathered next to each other. So you can work on those simple in and out of the cage, behind and front, next to. Great for negation. Who's in the cage? Who's not in the cage? Who's supposed to be in the house? Who's not supposed to be in the house? And then some speech sounds. So Z for zoo and zookeeper. G for gorilla, N for night, the medial R for gorilla and giraffe, the medial L for gorilla and balloon, the medial K for zookeeper, the final ER for zookeeper, and then also just the SH sound. And then my husband, when reading this book with my kids, noticed that the zookeeper's name tag says Joe. So you can even work on the just sound if you wanted to, or you can name the zookeeper whatever you want and right. work on that sound as well. So yeah, that's something you can do with any character. Like if you don't know the character's name and you've got some speech sound kids, name it one of their Make it up. sound. Make it yes. up. So the next book is A Ball for Daisy by Chris Rashka. And this is a really adorable, sweet book. So this dog, Daisy, you can infer that based on the title of the book. She has a favorite red ball, and that red ball goes everywhere with her. She sleeps next to it, and she gets so excited. Her owner takes her out for a walk and throws the ball for her. But then a dog, a playful dog, pops it when they're at the park, and you see Daisy's facial expression. She's so sad and heartbroken, and they even go back to the house, and she's definitely kind of moping. She's very pitiful on the couch, but there's a happy ending. The other dog's owner of the dog who popped the ball replaces the ball with a new blue ball, and it's great. So how would we use this in therapy? 
The illustrations can be a little tricky to interpret the first read through, but once you continue the story, it makes sense. But it is watercolor, so some of the images for artistic effect, you're just going to have to infer. You're going to have to help students interpret what a character is feeling in this book. So it's a great social-emotional book. The dog's sad. The girl makes the right decision to replace the ball. And and then also just the body language. It's just the other dog wasn't doing anything wrong. So you have to infer, was he doing that to be mean to pop the ball? No, it probably just happened as an accident. You know, have you ever done something as a mistake and it caused somebody else to so great for social emotional, great for sequencing. It is an early childhood elementary age kind of book. The plan, so there is a complete episode. The plan is for the Daisy to go play ball in the park and then something happens. It is also great for irregular past tense. So like you can work on the verbs lost, took, broke, and gave. And then some speech sounds, the initial B for ball and the final L for ball, the initial D for Daisy and the medial Z for Daisy. There is a cute follow-up to this book titled Daisy Gets Lots. So I would for sure look for that. And then the next book we wanted to share, Pancakes for Breakfast by Tommy DePola. This is a classic. He's a great author. This story follows the humorous and heartwarming adventures of an elderly woman as she wakes up one morning and she just wants some pancakes. She wants to make herself a delicious stack of pancakes. And with each step of the recipe, she faces various mishaps and comical challenges in her kitchen. This is just a fun book for the concepts of, you know, problem solving, determination. It's just really cute and clever. It is a complete episode. Definitely using this with your early childhood or lower elementary kiddos. Ideal for sequencing steps, you know, because it is a recipe. So you have each ingredient and that she's trying and then what's wrong, what's happening. She realizes she doesn't have enough flour or she's got to go get the eggs or she's got to go milk the cow for milk. It's just really cute, but very clear steps for sequencing. You can work on some verbs with this for all of her actions. So she's mixing, she's pouring, she's stirring, she's walking, ask. And then there are some great speech sounds. So the initial P, medial K, and final S for pancakes is throughout the book. The initial, like if you just want to call her lady, if you want to call her grandmother, you can just pick out those speech sounds and give her her name if you want to. And then there's the animals that are in her house are the cat and the dog. So initial K and final T for cat, initial D and final G for dog. And the last book for today's episode is Professional Crocodile by Giovanni Zaboli. So Mr. Crocodile loves his job. Every morning he gets up with an alarm. He brushes his teeth, chooses the right tie to match his outfit, eats a quick slice of toast, heads off to work on a crowded train. But what's his job? What does a crocodile do as a profession? The answer might surprise you. The anticipation builds as he gets ready and goes throughout the city. So we use this book for predicting and inferencing. It's funny. So the ending makes it so funny. At first, it's like, what is he doing? And I don't see animals. Well, he's wearing a tie. And he's wearing a tie. And when he sees people, they're not really freaked out. He's the only animal going through the city. This is what cracks me up. No one seems to care that there's a crocodile crocodile in a tie. (laughs) It's cute. It's an action sequence. It is. We would use this for elementary. Um, So it's great for predicting. Where is the crocodile going? What does the crocodile 
getting, what does he do for work? Would it, why are there, you know, why aren't the people freaking out seeing a crocodile walking around in clothes and great for sequencing, great for facial expressions, action verbs. You would work on the KR blend for crocodile, the initial PR and the medial F and the medial SH for professional. Or you could use, those are great multisyllabic words, crocodile and professional. And we can give away the ending. And he's he works at a zoo. <laughs> he's, in, he's on an exhibit. He's an exhibit. This, he's crocodile. That's what he does for a living. Right. And if you go to the zoo and you like talk to your kids and like, I wonder if he goes home and sleeps in his apartment. <laughs> it's I a really clever it's book. So it's funny. Because yeah. at the end, you're like, you see him go through the zoo and he's like, takes off his clothes and dives in the water. And it's so cute. And there he is. And there he is. He's a professional crocodile. And they're just like, oh, okay. The title makes sense. Oh, it's just <laughs> so cute. So come back for our next episode. We're going to share lots more books for you to use in your speech room. But we do have a download for this. So we list all the books if you want, you know, a list and you're maybe driving in your car and don't want to write these all down. We hope you enjoyed this episode. We know you're a busy SLP, so thanks for spending some of your time with us today. Click the description for this episode on your listening app or go to sweetsouthernspeech.com to access the show notes. We will include any links mentioned. And to continue the conversation, come hang out with us on Instagram at Literacy Based Speech Therapy, where we share lots of books to use in your therapy sessions. We would love to hear your thoughts on what you heard today. Please leave us a review on your listening app. We'll catch you in the next episode.